back to Travolting, covering primary colors. Enjoy the episode. All right, so I have a question for you. Ask away, Jeff. When you were a child, um, and we were taught the primary colors. When I was a boy. What, what were you taught? Because I was taught red, yellow, blue. Yeah, that was the same for me. Red, yellow, blue. This movie does only features two of those colors, and I was very disappointed. What co- two colors? Red and blue. Red, why? It's red, white, and blue. But uh, I, did, I did not see an abundance of yellow, so I don't know why it's called that. Uh, well, I think it might be called that, Jeff, because primary... Whoa! <laughs> oh, no! Anyway, this is our episode on Primary Colors. <laughs> yes, I just wanted to get that out of the way right off the bat. Yeah, this movie is not about the deep dive yes. exploration of red, this, yellow, blue. Yes, this movie is not a, an exploration to the color system. Have you ever been to Milwaukee? No. Have you ever well, been? I've, dri- I've been in Milwaukee, but I've not like been in Milwaukee. You've driven through it. I've I've been like in the city at a place, but that's it. Yeah. Have you, so you've never been to the Milwaukee Art Museum? Oh, you mean the one that's in Washington D.C.? No. From a uh, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Oh, shut the fuck up. Uh, okay. No, no, no. Sidebar. I, I, sidebar. Sidebar. Well, I'm already oh, doing a sidebar. Yes, sidebar. Sidebar. The, the yes. sidebar. So, the Milwaukee Art Museum. I've seen pictures. Okay. It, it appears in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. It is established, it is in Washington, D.C. in that movie. Yeah. Because Sam Witwicky is living in Washington, D.C. at the time. Right. And then later in the movie, they take a helicopter from that art museum to Chicago. And it's very distracting because it makes sense if you're taking a helicopter from Milwaukee to Chicago. It does not make sense taking a helicopter from Washington to Chicago in a very short amount of time. Right. So I'm just curious, did they forget that they weren't actually in Milwaukee when they were filming there? Um, That would make sense to me. That is all would I that, can imagine. Would that honestly surprise you, knowing this movie? No. Um, okay, back to my sidebar. Yes, your sidebar. <laughs> um, at the Milwaukee Art Museum, I, I know because I have a photo of it, I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure I do, right? There's a lot of colors. Oh, Pri- I found it. No, there's, a, there's an art piece, which is just called... Red two, yellow two, blue two, mm-hmm. and I'm showing a picture oh. to you. The audience can't see this. Maybe we'll post it on our Instagram, but that's an art installation in the, the Milwaukee you, Art Museum. You know what that could just be called? What primary colors? Right, which is the name of the movie we're covering today. Which is not about not about colors. Not about colors. It is about the primaries. It is about the primaries. Yes, What's and the I, colors I, have to do with it. It does kind of play a little bit into race. Um, there's some discussion of that. Yeah. Regards to politics. Okay. And so I think um, there's a side, there's a subtext of this movie about like you know the colors of the primary season and people showing their true colors and then also the color of race and whatnot. And I think it's all just playing into the central ideas of this movie that we'll get into as we talk about it. Absolutely. What is this movie, Jeff? Uh, so this movie is it's a Mike Nichols picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Nichols of you know. The Graduate. Every great movie ever. Yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? The Graduate. Catch-22. Birdcage. Working Girl. Birdcage. Postcards from the Edge. Wolf. <laughs> a movie that I would not consider among the rest of those, but uh, Wolf, right. Wolf is very funny. Right. Um, also regarding Henry. 
uh, which is an odd one. Wait, I have. There's another movie with Henry in the title that we are big fans it's of. The Book of Henry. The great the book movie. of Henry. We're not opening the book today. No, uh, not today. We're primary in the colors. There will be an episode where we're covering like maybe like a 15 minute movie because we're obligated to. Yes. And maybe that can be the one where we go on a tangent about the book. Of Henry. <laughs> yes. Can we make a deal? Can we make a pact, Jeff? Yeah. That I promise you, we'll talk about Book of Henry one day. Well, I made Stuart watch the Book of Henry. I wouldn't say you made me. Like I was willing to. I knew about the batshit craziness I was going to get into yeah. when you went because people had talked about the Book of yes. Henry, but I never saw it. Mm. And then I did. Yes. And then I was aware. Mm-hmm. Then my eyes have it opened. Yes. Book of Henry is such a batshit crazy it's movie. Insane. Um, but. Uh, primary colors, yes. however. So I'm going to jump into the full-on context corner. Like, I just the, came in. I was like, yeah, Mike Nichols. Here movie you did. Go, go into the context corner. We're, all right, a little, Mike tri- Nichols, a little trip to the context. Graduate, birdcage. So we'll start with um, the book that this movie is based on. Primary col- The novel is also called Primary Colors. Uh, it was written by columnist Joe Klein. Which is um, a... He's a political like columnist, has worked for several magazines and newspapers, and just kind of covers politics, has a lot of connections in the Washington circuits. Why in the ending credits did it say, based on the story by Anonymous? So he published this book anonymously in the 90s, and did not officially reveal that he was the writer until many years later. Wow. Because this, while listed as a fiction novel, this is just a, it's officially, it's called a Romana Clef, which is a French term, um, that I just learned Romana about yesterday. Clef. Romana Clef. It's okay, Jeff's fucking the term. In, it's it's a term for something that is written as fiction, but entire like telling a true story. Okay, which is what this movie is, because this is just based on Klein's experience covering the 1992 primary campaign for president, the Democratic Party of Bill Clinton. Okay, with a different name for the character, Jack Stanton. Yeah. But essentially everything that happens in the novel is based on something that he had actually followed and reported on and been aware of. Obviously, just publishing that book in the 90s might have been a a difficult career move. Mm -hmm. So he published it under an anonymous name. Right. Well, this was a risky movie on its own to make in the 90s. Yes. So when the the book is a major success um, because it's just kind of... People very quickly figured out, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, this seems pretty accurate. Uh, seems like it's a, you know, about Bill Clinton, maybe. Right. Um, people very quickly figured that out. And it was a, you know, success, and people being like, oh, this is just an inside story disguised as a fiction novel. Right. Yeah. Um, meticulously reported, as accurate as can be. Maybe the movie make takes some extra liberties that the book doesn't. Yeah, I kind of would have thought. It combined so. the the book also combines some people into one person mm-hmm. um, and a few separate instances, but it's all in service of like you know telling the basic truth of the story. Right. So after the book is a success, Mike Nichols has pitched it. Um, he's initially not interested, but after time, he kind of feels figures out he has a take. I uh, just wonder, like, I mean, imagine this pre-production for this movie is ninety six, ninety seven, or whatever. Yeah. Bill Clinton's already president. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, like, how that pitch must have been yeah. in the executive boardroom of what was the production company behind this? Uh, like, I think this was Fox. Let me check. This oh, uh, uh, this was Universal. Universal, yes. So, like, which is a now now owned by Paramount, but in '98 was it still mm-hmm. owned by Paramount? 
What? I don't know my like acquisition history. Wait, who who was owned by Paramount? Do you think? Well, so right now, like, isn't NBC Universal like under like with Paramount too? No. Are they same? They're, they're separate, separate entities. It's, it's the Big Five right now. It used to be the Big Six. Okay. It used to be Universal, Paramount, Fox, Sony, Disney, Warner Brothers. Okay. Now Fox and Disney have merged. And it's the Big Five. Copy that. But then also there's like you know Apple and Amazon, Netflix well, that are kind the of their services. own big. They're yeah. big. No- it's, so why it's did, we're in I, a whole mess right why now. Why did I think Paramount had like Universal under them for some reason? Then? I don't know. I don't know. I saw we saw a movie yesterday, and I thought this was very interesting. There's a No Time to Die trailer that played before it. Yeah. And at the very end of the trailer, um, because Sony per- or Amazon purchased uh, purchased the movie. Mm-hmm. At the end, it, I think they bought all of Sony. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Um, but at the end of the the trailer, it says Prime at AMC. Wow. Because it's, it's going to be a Prime film, but they're still going to theatrically release it. I thought that was very interesting. That is very interesting. Um, but anyway. Okay. But even then. So Universal, yes. 1996, 97. Yeah. You're pitching, I want to make this movie about this novel, which bastardizes our current democratic yes. president it does not perhaps paint bill clinton in the best light <laughs> no it's not for, at all it's perhaps... like not, not even like like I, I would say like maybe some people could watch this movie and walk away with it it's like well you know stanton's like not a good guy but he's not like an evil guy yeah but i don't know like this movie like to me it, it was very much like oh god like this fucked yeah. up family like jesus christ like you know man like this is a movie about compromise in politics and compromising your beliefs in pursuit of something else compromise or abandonment yes right um right yes and we'll 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 talk about that yeah um but back to the context corner i mean we're still in it you were just giving context of other of other things but Nichols figures he has a take, and he reads the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one specific scene that we'll talk about later involving a donut shop that apparently really captured his attention in the book. Great scene. And in his head, he like had a vision of how he would shoot that, and that's yeah. and that's when he's like, "All right, I can make this." Yeah. So his frequent, you know, his partner um, in terms of screenwriting, and they were a comedy troupe back in the fifties and sixties. Elaine May writes the script, as she does for a lot of his movies, and including the birdcage which has just come out prior to this movie Mm -hmm. um together they kind of hone the story figure out what they want and then it comes time who are they going to cast as bill clinton who did they go to first tom hanks (laughs) Um, tom fucking hanks who uh turns it down because he's friends with bill clinton and that's my ultimate point yes it's not even just like getting the cast but just getting like the production to like be okay with this like this, the, you're making this movie is going to be a little risky. Yeah, um, right. In terms of the fact that it's, you know, kind of vilifying the active president, the active Democrat president, yes. and like you in know, in a very liberal leaning industry. Exactly. Like in the '90s, or Hollywood's still Hollywood. Yeah. And I, I think it's the level of, um, you know, big creatives involved, plus the fact that it doesn't speci- It's not specifically about Bill Clinton. That kind of lets it squeak through. I'm just thinking, like, you couldn't make, like, a Primary Colors-esque movie today. Oh, no, you could. Well, but I, I'm i going to get into that. Uh, well, I'm going to get into that later. Yeah. Let me get into that later. Yeah. Continue with the context corner. Um, yeah, the context corner. And it's about so, Emma Thompson, but oh, yeah, we'll Emma get into Thompson. that. 
Your, your, oh, yeah, your thoughts on a sequel to this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to get into it now. Yeah. Let's get into it. In but um, this, and then very quickly they settle on the one and only John, John Travolta, Travolta, who at this point in his career has just come off of, you know. Hot an, streak. Hot, a real hot streak. Yep. Mad City, Face Off, Michael, Phenomenon, Broken Mads, Arrow. Yeah, a lot of... Was Mad City... No, Mad City was a colossal flop. I was going to say. <laughs> but, but we liked it. But he, he's like he's doing a combination of action star yeah. stuff, but she's so lovely. Yes. Like his like more art, artistic mm-hmm. like type of role playing that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to count yeah. Michael? like, And then Get Shorty. Like, yeah. yeah. And you need... An A-list star to play Bill Clinton in this 100%. movie. You need someone 100%. big to play the president in this movie. Absolutely. So so much of what makes this movie work is kind of the, the charisma and star appeal of Jack Stanton. Like, because Jack Nicholson was also offered. Yeah, like, my roommate. Uh, <laughs> he's moving out next week. I know. Uh, but... I mean, I feel like every fucking move, John Travolta movie we watch, there's some IMDb trivia that says yeah. Jack Nicholson was yeah, approached for that, this role. I think there's like, some. I think one of our listeners has just been going into IMDb trivia and putting Jack Nicholson was considered for this role you on, think all, that, on all the movies. That's we're a fucking conspiracy. I think might actually be. I true. think that might actually be. Happening. I think that might actually be true. <laughs> as they know what movie we're going to cover, so two weeks prior, they go to the IMDb page and say yes. Jack Nicholson was, <laughs> was considered for this, and it's like. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, who, if, whoever's doing that, if you're listening, I honestly might believe I think it's, Jeff. I think it's, it's, it's getting like, yeah. Oh God. Um, not that we were We've ever conned. Not that we were ever doing a bit. Um, but it's over now. <laughs> it is over now. Um, yeah. but but my point I was going to get into was like if we weren't doing a podcast on John Travolta yes. and we were just thinking about this movie yes. and thinking about who we would have gotten to play Bill Clinton, knowing the rock stars at the time it would Travolta's be such tra- an obvious choice right the charisma alone the of charisma that. he has a physical resemblance yes. to clinton and he also even though he's from new jersey he kind of has like a little bit of like the bill clinton draw going on in his in some of his other movies well i was gonna say like just simply watch um I'm trying to think of two. Stuart's furiously no, no, flipping no, no, through no, no, his notebook no. right like, now. <laughs> just watch, uh, watch. She's so lovely, and um, and get shorty. Yeah, you watch those two movies back to back, and then look at this for the casting yeah. of it. I think it makes perfect sense because yes. he proves, and she's so lovely, like the gross mm-hmm. side that John Travolta yeah. can bring out, in not an action movie villainous yeah. way, but in like a tormented character kind yeah. of way. And then in Get Shorty, he's got the suave. Yeah. He's got the charisma, not quite the teenage eighteen-year-old grease John yeah. Travolta, but still, you and, know. And part of the appeal of Bill Clinton is like, or that was the appeal is he his like somewhat goofy demeanor. Yeah, like you know he played the saxophone. He, well, he's like the oh you kind yeah, of like, kind of president, like all like, oh, shucks president. Oh um, man, yo you. And who's better at like kind of playing? goof at this time as as we've talked about and like kind of willing to like play up the fact that he might be a bit of like a lumbering presence than john travolta yeah like i mean tom hanks is literally i i mean tom hanks would have been an interesting choice and i think tom hanks nowadays would be a perfect choice yeah if not for bill clinton but for a role of that type yeah i agree with that because the but in in the 90s because like the inherent calculation 
for this is like John Travolta can like he fits into the mold of a Clinton type. Yeah. If you cast Tom Hanks in the same role, you have to recalculate your movie and make it about like a really nice persona with a darkness underneath it. Right. And that that's a yeah. different skill set well, and a different movie than this. This one. is a great example. Well, this is going to be a little sidebar up for the Hanks cast, but like <laughs> Hanks you cast. know, when I watch Saving Mr. That, Banks, it would be called T dot Hanks for listening. Thanks for listening. He's going to let me stew in that one. He looks furious right now. <laughs> he looks so angry. Jeff, I've been up since six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want this. <laughs> I just no, no. <laughs> he's he's leaving. I don't want this. <laughs> I'm done. Bye. <laughs> okay, no. May I may I continue? May, yes. Because uh, I I actually do kind of want to make yeah. this point about Tom Hanks. Um, saving Mr. Banks. Yes. He, he plays Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney, as much of. Um. What do you call it? Deified? Yes, yeah, deified. Deified yeah. as Walt Disney is as a human being. He had his vices and he had his quirks problems. and he had his problems. And even with the clear screenwriting intention to mold that into the movie, yeah. it's still Tom Hanks playing yes. Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Like you get it? And the, like the, you know? And my, I like that movie, but I think the problem is that it's a Disney movie. If it's not a Disney movie, I think they would have maybe gone a little further into it. Yeah. Because, like, Tom Hanks had to fight to have one shot where he's holding a cigarette in that movie. Right. Right. And, like, Disney obviously doesn't want to present their leader as, like, or their, like, their fa- the namesake of the company as anything less than, like... That'd be ballsy, though. God, I had so much respect. And I, imagine, I would have so I, much more they, respect. the script was written outside of Disney, and then they bought it. Yeah. So I can imagine there may have been some more of that. Like Disney has to have a hard edge to him mm-hmm. that I don't think the company was necessarily willing to do. And I think and about Tom Hanks had to fight to put a little bit of it in. And I think about um, what's the guy's name who plays John Hammond in Jurassic Park? Uh, Richard Attenborough. The um, I think Michael, um, the author of the novel, Michael Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Yeah. Michael Crichton even said that like his his um, influence for John Hammond was a dark version of Disney. Yeah. That he was like this kind of, mm. you know. Have you read the book? I have. John Hammond is like genuinely evil in the book. In the movie, he's like, oh, I just was a misguided ideal. He's a misguided ideal. I think it movie. was the right direction to go in Jurassic yes. Park. I definitely, I, I think it's Richard right Attenborough to- and Spielberg and uh, like they, I think they kind of, found the perfect middle ground in the film yes. for Hammond's character. And that is, it's like, he does look like a jolly old man yes. who you just want to work your ass off for. But he does is like, he's up, he's like too excited. And, yeah. and, he, and like, like Jeff Goldblum says, yeah, he, it's, it's, the, it's not the question of whether or not you could, it's whether or not you should. And, and that's what they hone into in the movie. And Ian Malcolm says it perfectly, which I think personifies his character the best in, in the Spielberg film, which is like, like John Hammond's character is the kid who found his dad's gun. Yeah. Like he's just so excited and so yeah. like vibrant with this like new thing. And like, he's doesn't see the error of his ways yeah. right in front of him. Whereas I do see what you're saying in the book. Like Hammond is like, just yeah, kind of like squeezing evil. the lemon of it. You yeah, know, he's like, we're going to make so much money. on Exactly. This. And so to that point, 
could Tom Hanks do a John Hammond? Yes. Tom Hanks, if given a movie that's not, you know, made by the company that of the character he's playing, I think, have you ever seen Cloud Atlas? A uh, long time ago. I was so. Really lovely movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I adore that movie. Okay. I'm guessing this is a bit, but continue. No, I genuinely do adore that movie. Okay, okay. Uh, Wachowski's film. Um, but Tom Hanks is in that. He plays six different characters throughout time. And one of them is like a jolly old doctor. Um, but it's just playing off of the fact that you naturally love Tom Hanks, that you don't even notice that his character is poisoning other people and is a violent race racist. Wow. And it's an interesting way of using his star persona. Yeah. Um, he also, at one point, plays a London bruiser in that movie. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to punch his gun It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, I think he, he gets thrown out. No, someone else gets thrown out. I gotta watch that movie again. Really good movie. Yeah. Anyway, star persona, John Travolta, perfect, perfect. for Clinton. Like, perfect. He just has, as a person, he just has the same aura around him where you're just mag, like you're magnetized by this guy, but you don't know why. Yeah. He's like it's like this mix of like, kind of a sexual energy, but also just like this goofball. He's lovable. Yeah, you're like ah, I, I got. It's just like that guy. I don't know why. Right. And you get the same thing from Trolls that you get from Clinton. I agree. That's why he was cast in the role. And when we get into more in the plot, I am also going to talk about another casting choice, which is yes. fucking phenomenal in a sham, mm-hmm. a fucking sham Jeff Sweeney. Yeah. That we haven't utilized it again. And yeah. I'm going to call out Hollywood when we yeah. get to this part. I'm gonna call Hollywood out on this one. Yes. Um, let's. But let's. Do you, what's left in the context corner? But the movie um, gets made. Uh, Travolta at one point is like, he said he based his performance on several presidents, but mostly Bill Clinton. Okay. As a way of saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Bill Clinton. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, which is just a very funny way of <laughs> handling that. But the movie gets made. Comes out in ninety eight. Yep, March twentieth. Weird time to dump it. <laughs> but, uh, it is a weird time to dump it. Yeah, they're not going for award season, really. Uh, no, it's still it still got nominated for two Oscars. Yeah, but usually yeah. award season's like August yeah, November period, right? Which I think is a testament to the movie that it still got nominations. Yeah, in spite of its I would agree. Lack would of agree. a like you know award season wide release. What did it get nominated for again? Um, it was nominated for best adapted screenplay and best supporting actress for Kathy Bates fucking underrated actress. who is astonishing i wrote a script with her in mind to play the real really ones. yeah yeah it was a movie about grandmas ah uh, because you know like i i, I thought w- you were about to reveal you were the secret writer of uh the primary colors book no <laughs> written by anonymous it's actually, yeah it was me, actually Stuart. i was maybe three years old when <laughs> the movie came out um but uh i'm ready to jump jump right into the movie me too because a lot of the other context is kind of woven into the plot. yeah um well, yeah, so the, the first thing we see, it, I mean, this is kind of like as much John Travolta's like top build in this. Yeah. And it, it's he's not de- the main character. He's not the main character mm-hmm. again. Yes. And we've had this conversation a number of times, but yeah. it, it's like, it's, it's very fascinating. Like, and it, it makes me feel good knowing like how low he was and then how high he's climbed to where yeah. he's playing supporting actors, but yeah. is the draw to movies. It's like, you know, you and I have gone through the dumps with Travolta, and yeah. I aren't you just so happy to see this yes. with him? He's and, like, and this kind of movie is about him by not being about him. Yeah. Like, have you? Did you see the 
speaking of Tom Hanks, the Mr. Rogers movie that came out a few years ago, yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a movie that's about Mr. Rogers through that's, another person. Yeah. Just this movie's about Bill Clinton through, through another, another person. Yeah, which uh, is uh, Adrian Lester, who's playing Henry Burton. Yes, Adrian Lester, who I have never really seen before. Um, but he's good in this movie. He's got a support. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got good. a sizable role. He's apparently a British stage actor. Okay. Um, who has popped up in a few movies. He probably had a deleted subplot in Spider-Man 3, which is an interesting. He was in The Day After Tomorrow, Doomsday, um, not a lot of other yeah, things. Yeah, he, he didn't do a lot of movies. It looks like he kind of stuck with stage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Shakespeare. Yeah. Which is... You know, good for him. Awesome. Yeah. He, but, he never bugged me in this movie. Yeah, he was good in this movie. Yeah. Um, he's kind of serving as the cipher for the audience and the Clinton, the Clintonian nature of it all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so he, he's at a, um, he's at a fundraiser event. Yes. A campaign for, event for Governor Jack Stanton. Governor Jack Stanton. Um, where are they? In, uh, they're in New Hampshire, right? I think they go to New Hampshire. Okay. They go to New Hampshire. But later in the movie, but right now they're not in New Hampshire. Right yes. now they're. They're somewhere. They're north. They're in the north end of the country. Yeah, because um, he's he's a southern uh, governor. It never says specifically which state he governed. No, it doesn't. And um, it's like they it's always like, make the joke of like people hardly know which state you're the governor yeah. of. And it's like and it's like they don't want to say Alabama because then it's like yeah, it's Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Like, oh, charismatic southern governor. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is very funny. It is pretty funny. Um, but but uh, he is somewhere north right now, and he's at a library. No, no, no. He's at a school that has a library yeah. that does after-school adult literacy yes. tutoring. And the first shot of the movie, from what I remember, is handshakes. handshakes. And it's just watching a guy walk down a line giving people handshakes. As With a voiceover of Adrian a Lester. Narrator. Yep. I don't think it's Lester. I think it's the uh, the campaign man, the other campaign guy. Oh, really? Um, it's not Lester? Whose name I can't remember in this movie, but I think he's like, oh, it's amazing what he does with his hands. Just watch how he does it. <laughs> like, like, no, that that is the line. I that know, line. I know, but the way you said it, man, yeah. it's, it's, like, and it's, it's just amazing like, what he does watch how, hands. like, he, depending on the person, he recalculates because how he's going to he, get he'll hand. grab your hand and touch you on the shoulder. That means you're, like, a close friend, yeah. but, like, not too close. Like, he'll share a small secret with yeah. you, but, like, you know. If he grabs a little lower on your arm, it means something else. If he right. grabs your back, it means he's supportive. Yeah. Like, he just knows how to angle and calculate himself in the way politicians do for every individual person he's talking to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we we see Adrian yes. uh, Lester, Henry Burton, who is not working for him yet yes but he's he's being eyeballed to take over the campaign right and everyone's like coming up and joking mm-hmm. with him like so when do you start it's like i haven't decided i'm gonna start yeah. yet and he's like well okay you know yeah, we okay. know you haven't decided to start yet but it's you're gonna joke. do it but you're gonna do you're it you're attracted to the power of all this yeah exactly um do we see um we then see emma thompson almost right away yes she's with him very quickly playing susan <clears throat> stanton yes Hillary Clinton. Actually, no, we don't see her right away. We don't see her until they get to New Hampshire. No, I, oh, wait, really? Because the the because remember she's at a different. No, you're event. right. You're you're, you're, you're at, right. You're right. It's yeah. in the plane lands. Yeah. I, fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, I jumped but too far ahead. They go to a. Uh, they oh, go to the, one of these adult literacy things. Yeah, and um, it's just like a group of you know adults who go to this event to learn how to read, learn how to you know attain a higher level of at an older age. And Michael T. Williamson. Um, 
who's Bubba from Forrest Gump, among other things. I actually worked with him on a movie a few weeks ago. He's real. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. I would highly rec- uh, recommend working with him. Oh, yeah. Um, but you he, work he, with pretty big actors, don't he, you, Jeff? He, he, <laughs> oh, <stupid. laughs> I, I like that we can talk about my job, but we can't talk about your job on no, this podcast. No, we can't. It's very funny. It is funny. Um, but lovely guy. Um, and he's, he's one of those, um, those like just pros in the industry where like you, you plug him into a movie for one scene. He's giving you exactly what Dude, you need. You're, you're pulling out. That scene is so good. So good. That Cause, performance. Cause he essentially talks about why he, you know, Jack Stanton's just sitting with all these, the, uh, the, uh, the lasting effects of him not being able to read and the yeah. fear of that. Yes, and how it's a fear that has prevented him from coming to something like this before. And I imagine he's just like a fucking day player on this film. Yeah. He's probably brought in for one day to do this one scene. Yeah. It might have been early in the shoot. It might have been the end of the shoot. I don't fucking know. But I'm just imagining that right now because you're introducing all your characters at this yeah. point. He has a lot of work to do in the scene. Yeah. Because if he doesn't sell this sob story... Our cut to Adrian Lester crying yes. is funny. Yes. It's not funny. He sells this monologue. He sells it so well. And who also sells it is Governor Jack Stanton. Yeah. Who is crying. Yeah. Hearing this man's story. Yeah. And, you know, he takes a hold and he's like, that's that's very brave. And he's like, like my... I, I want to tell the audience what the story is. Because yeah. I genuinely think, like... Yeah, go for it. So, um... Uh, he he goes on this story about like how um you know he was um in grade school and he was never really a smart kid but all the all the teachers just passed him up cuz they didn't really give a shit and he just kept you know flying by not learning anything not learning anything not learning anything till eventually he um was like graduating like from uh, yeah. high school and he and his and like plot was like a t- uh, certificate, certificate of, att- of attendance. Yeah, and he said like the like he said his mom felt like somebody had just died, and everyone was laughing at him. Mm-hmm. And he's like going through this whole thing about like how living with that that I I don't know how to read and write. Yeah, and it's just so heartbreaking. He sells it so well, and I'm just I'm. I'm I'm paying respect to the performance here because yeah. it is so good. Yeah, and it's in the beginning of the fucking movie, mm. yeah. and he's never here again. Yeah, and it's um it's a stop. So what's well, um, remind me the name of the guy again? Who uh, Michael T. Williamson. Michael T. Williamson. Michael T. Williamson. Fucking bravo, man. Hats yeah. off to you. You probably don't get compliments for that one little scene in that movie. A lot of people probably didn't watch, but we watched it, and you were agree in that scene. Yes. Good fucking on you. But. Jack Stanton immediately afterward, like, you know, he gives, goes over and gives him a handshake and a hug. Yeah. And then as, you know, politicians are wont to do, he, you know, tells his his own own story. Sob sob story. He tells his own story, taking that guy's story and drawing the comparison um, to, you know, empathize himself. And his story, which is a good story. It's about his Uncle Charlie. His Uncle Charlie, who was uh, a Medal of Honor winner from World War II. World War II, who uh, came back. And had a bunch of opportunities laid out and for turned him. them all down and just sat on his porch and uh, hung out. Yeah. And he's like, do you know why? It's because he never learned how to read and he was courageous enough to go and fight the Nazis, but he wasn't courageous enough to admit he didn't know how to read. Yeah. And so he says, he says like, which is pow- that was powerful. Yeah. And so he sounds like you all have the courage and thank you. And for thank like- you for 
you know, sharing. I, I, there's a reason I care about adult literacy so much. What a great fucking opening scene. Yes. Because like, and, it, and here it, I am like saying like, oh, how, look how powerful that is. And that's exactly what the movie wants to do. It wants to do that. To you. It wants to be like, oh my God, like, yeah, like yeah. now I all of a sudden care about adult literacy. Yes. In some weird ass northern state mm-hmm. or something. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like I fell for it too. Yeah. And then, you know, Henry's sold on it. Oh, yeah. And um, he um, goes back to his partner. Um, yeah. Never really, never really established. Like um, girlfriend. Ish, or ish. just a friend who he sometimes, you know, friends with benefits or whatever. Yeah. I don't really know. But um, she, and he's like, I think this guy might be the real deal. Um, like he really, you know, brought, he was, he seemed legit. And he seems like the, uh, the guy who we can support. And they're members of the I forget the name of it, but it's essentially like like Black Advocate Group. Yeah, or it's, a, something? it's a Black Amer it's an African American advocate group. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who like I think it's really called the Black Advocate. Yeah, it's the Black. It's a newspaper called the Black Advocate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's part of their advocacy organization. And the way that, she, and she's not as sold, because they've been they're trying to support only Black candidates. And he's like, I'm tired of working for congressional campaigns um, for black uh, politicians who we get in, they support a bill, gets to the president who vetoes it, and we can claim a moral a moral victory. He's right. like, I want a real victory. Right. Not, a, not just a moral victory. Right. Uh, and he's like, if I have to compromise and go through a white president to do it, then that's how I'm going to pursue this. And he takes the job. Fairly and then cool. 2008. Yes, and then 2008. Um, but he, he, uh, after this, like goes back and they travel around, um, to New Hampshire because Jack Stanton has to meet with his, uh, his wife at a fundraiser that he missed. Yeah. Um, who, as you had mentioned, is played by Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, who Uh, is Susan Stanton. Susan Stanton, which is a really good name. The Hillary Clinton trope. And pause. Thoughts, Jeff. She's really good in this movie. She's from the minute she lands on screen, because the first time yeah. we see her is in the airport, and we already get like a banter yeah. with her and John Travolta, and also her independence from him, like yeah. how she runs his campaign yeah. and like deals with his other staff. Oh my goodness! Yes. And I just I'm watching her on screen, and I'm like, this is Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And I must. It's not a good or bad Hillary Clinton. Like it could, it could mm. Emma Thompson could make it whatever Hillary Clinton she wants it to be, but I believe that it's Hillary yeah. Clinton. She, Emma Thompson claims she did not base this performance on Hillary Clinton. Uh, Maybe. Press X to doubt. I like this feels very Hillary. If, and it might just be in the conception of the script. I mean, she, they make her hair look like yeah. Hillary, and she. And 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 like you said, it has that kind of like, even though they're married and they're running for president, like there's a separation between them, mm-hmm. and you kind of get the the vibe that they're both in this for. They're not in this for love at this point. Uh-uh. They're in this for the victory and the power. And so I remember I was watching this, and I texted you, and yeah. I said, like, why hasn't Hollywood, like, brought Emma Thompson back? To Primary do- Colors 2, the coloring. Primary Colors 2, 2016, what happened? Yes. You base it off of Hillary Clinton's book. Emma Thompson comes back mm-hmm. as Hillary Clinton. 
Brendan Gleeson plays Trump because he did a, oh. a scary good Trump on that TV show I didn't watch. <laughs> I just, I just, I, it, it boggles my mind because yeah. I, I, I see this and I'm like, she has so much more to give in this movie that it is a movie about Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton's campaign. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, it's like she's Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton's wife. And But I would love to see an Emma Thompson powerhouse like this is Hillary Clinton, the Democratic nominee. Mm-hmm. And and I don't need it to be about her and Trump. Yeah. It could just be about Hillary Clinton in the primaries. Yeah. It, it could even be before Trump was even in the fray. Hell, it could be the tw- 2008 campaign or yeah. 2012 campaign. Like, did she run in 2012? She did not. She ran in 28, though. She, 2008. Yeah, yeah. Could be about that campaign. But, like. You just want Emma Thompson to celebrate back. Hillary Thompson to Oh my god! And you can have old John Travolta just walking. No, around. I just, don't need. I don't. I don't. I. He, I got just, my just fill. Move. I got my fill got with when primary colors. I did not get my fill with Emma Thompson yeah. and Hillary Clinton. Oh my goodness! Amazing. Call her Susan Stanton. I don't give a fuck. You can literally make this a sequel or call her some other like weird ass name. Yeah. Doesn't have to be exact. But oh my goodness, guys! Yeah. I'm calling you out, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I am calling you out. You have Emma Thompson still working, and she's still... And she hasn't played Hillary yet, and we need that to happen. And we need that to happen. Whatever you want to make it about. Make it about the aftermath of the election. Make it about her deciding to run. Make it about her hanging out at home. Make it about her hanging out at home. I I don't give a fuck. But just put her in the top billing role as a quasi-Hillary Clinton again. Please. Please. I'll get in the horn with Hollywood. Okay, rant over. <laughs> rant over. Um, but they, they go to New Hampshire after they this. They go to New Hampshire. Um, which he kind of gets, like, dragged on to. Yeah. Like, he's like, do you guys got to have a phone? Like, I got to call, like, my missus. And, yes. like, he's like, I got to call my girlfriend and let her know why I, where I am. Yeah. Um, because, like, he's just going to go to an event and talk about his new job and the, the whisk him on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but New Hampshire's, as we know, the first state that holds a presidential primary. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're starting their campaign there, as every presidential campaign does. Yeah. Um, and then he's told, you know, you need to set up the campaign office in Mammoth Falls, which is not a place that exists. I assume they wanted a city that could logically be in any southern state, so they just named it Mammoth Falls. Right. I found a Mammoth Spring State Park in Arkansas, which is where Bill Clinton's from, which kind of makes sense. Right. Uh, but... I would presume that uh, they're still they're kind of keeping that one close to the vest. Yeah, probably. Um, so he gets dragged to uh, New Hampshire and um, is essentially brought onto the team. Yeah, and he meets Uncle Charlie. He meets and he's Uncle like, Charlie. Oh, you're the guy, you're the World War II story. And he's like, I am um, his uncle. My name is Charlie. Anything else he said? And he's like, puts his hands up. It's like whatever he wants me to be. Yes. Yeah. He, I, he I'll be whatever story he needs to tell to win a few votes and that's when you start like oh yeah that's why that first scene the is veil. So, that's why that first scene's so powerful yeah. is because they want you to like be tricked by it later exactly and uh, again the genius of the film and i will say the word genius like it is like that veil starts to crack a little bit and mm-hmm. we're with henry as it cracks and we're just yeah. doesn't quite catch you off guard because it's like well okay yeah you know, whatever mm-hmm. okay um, but there's many more cracks yeah. to come. Um, and this is around the time I think where Henry, you know, after 
committing. He meets some of the other team members, uh, including Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton's in this who's movie. Who's playing Richard Jemmons is his character? I just know R- yeah, Richard, Richard. Jemmons. Um, who's based on Jim James Carville. Yeah. Um, he looks like Jim, James Carville. I don't know. So, who's James Carville? Um, he was this person in real life. Um, bringing up a picture. You might have seen him. He pops up in like MSNBC and CNN a lot. Hmm. Um, okay. That's what, that's what he looks like. What was his role in the Clinton campaign? He was the like political consultant, the same way that uh, Richard was. Richard is in this movie, and he looks very much like him. Uh, I mean, he's just kind of been like a frequent cable news guy since then. You know, was talking I've been talking like the Democratic position. Yeah. Um, but he meets him, uh, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, coming off of Sling Blade. Uh, French Rob Taters, I reckon. Stop, Stuart, I reckon. Wow. <sighs> on him. No, please. Please. <laughs> I, know, I see him in my no sleep. Mo- no more sling blade. <laughs> okay. Um But this is around the time they realize Susan's very involved in the campaign as well. Yeah. Um he's like, Oh, why do you get so involved? And she's like, How will I learn? And it's like, Oh, for the nineties, that's kind of a little point away of, you know, she's that she might eventually try and do this herself. Yeah. Um, is this the, have we reached the part where they get to like that motel? Um, they're around the motel at this point. Cause, uh, he meets the team and then he finally gets the chance to call his girlfriend and be like, Hey, I need clothes <laughs> brought to me. Yeah. Right. And she's like, why do you want to support this guy? I thought you were just exploring the possibility. And, uh, he's like, I want to believe something. And I think I believe. Yeah. Something and I think I believe guy. something in this guy. Yeah. Yeah. In spite of, you know, that uncle Charlie story, he's like, I believe something in this guy. Yeah. So, um, I just, to talk briefly about the motel scene, cause that's yeah. another one of those crack in the veil moments. Yeah. Like they get to the motel. It's like a pretty cheap motel. Yes. And he, Travolta Stanton is already like complaining about it. And he's like, this is not the can, this is not the hotel room of a winner. Right. This is the hotel room of a loser. He's like, he drops the act with henry still there it's a it's a very he has a very manipulated folksiness yes but he's a shrewd like political guy underneath it yeah like is there there's no cable on this television yeah and like what kind of like room is this and like uh, this is i know we're cheap but we're not that cheap yeah um just kind of showing his like true color Mm -hmm. his His primary primary colors colors. (laughs) (laughs) a little bit here um I think we have established that he has like one big opponent called uh, Governor Ozio. Yeah, um, Ozio. Ozio. Ozio, I think it is. Yeah, I'm trying to find the spelling of who it. we rarely ever see, but we just know he's like the current leading yeah, candidate Ozio. right now. He's like 17 points ahead. There's a the candidates are running is it's Ozio and then um, Lawrence Harris. Harris. Senator yeah. Harris. And then later we learn about Governor Picker. Nobody doesn't come until the latter half of the movie. Right, right. And so, um, so yeah, Ozio is like the main candidate right now. He's like ahead. And they want him to drop out and endorse um, Stanton. Yeah. Um, Which they think will happen. Which they think will happen. And they kind of start to get it set up. But then Ozio very quickly turns on him. Was this when they're having dinner? Because. Yeah, um, so I'm a, I'm kind of you know jumping around a bit at this yeah, point. Yeah, me in the movie. too. Well, there's one particular scene I really want to talk about. Yeah, it's somewhere he's like after a dinner. I can't remember what dinner. It's like an event. 
but I think it's the one with Ozio. Yeah. Where he gets like ambushed and it turns out like he's not being endorsed or whatever. And he yeah. gets in his car and it's it's uh Su- it's Travolta, Emma Thompson, and Adrian, and they're in yeah. the car, and Travolta's like going on a fucking rant on the phone. Yeah. I mean, this is like this is like <sighs> this is like face off Travolta. Yeah. Or it's he like, goes, what do you fucking mean? Like, bro. like just like, yeah, and he just, and he throws the phone at the window and yeah. it's a very funny scene. They have to stop the car and you know, him, uh, Susan Stanton and Henry are like searching around through the bush. Like you it. left it, you threw it in the bush. No, no, I threw it in the trees. It's like, and then they find it in the, yes. in the bush. Like, well, you wouldn't have found it in the brush if I didn't throw it out yeah. there. <laughs> like, I love that scene. There's a politician's way of never being wrong. I, I love that scene so much for the performance aspect yeah. of it. Like, cause John Travolta's really selling like just like the again showing his true colors yeah. and like the veils going away where he's no longer like shaking hands yeah. and appeasing people like he's now just in like campaign mm-hmm. mode and it, he's just like really fucking selling it at this point yeah. like I love Travolta's angry rants yes I love it so much he really sells them in this movie mm-hmm. and you and it's like it's like you said it's the veil dropping moments. it's more useful than it, than utilizing his dancing yes if you Which, don't utilize Travolta's angry rants. You're doing something Here's wrong. Here's something I find so interesting: is that um, there's a barbecue place um, in whatever southern state he's from that mm-hmm. they go to a lot in this movie. Yeah, uh, you know, I think his name. What's the character's name? I think Big Willie or Fat Willie or something like that. Yeah, Fat Willie. Um, it's he's the owner of the barbecue, like Fat Willie's barbecue. Yeah, and uh, they keep going back to it. And at one point, they're there, and it's like you know, it's a big. Uh, uh, like wrote uh dance all dance and like party for fundraising yeah and uh at one point stan has to dance and he's dancing very poorly and i like that travolta was like in this movie he's using all of his tricks to play this role including his dancing skills but he's intentionally dancing poorly right like he's doing like a big time dad moves yeah he is he absolutely is and it's like a you know hoedown (laughs) yeah um travolta's just utilized very well in this movie yes um from many of his facets Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think mike nichols knew from the get-go who he was working with yeah really really squeeze that lemon and i think Uh, it's at this time at the party when they get the the news that ozio dropped out yes um yeah and, you know, everyone celebrates and whatnot. Everybody cheers, yeah. And then after that, I think it's the debates. The first debate goes up. Yes. Um, there's the debate scene. Um, they're all watching from the TV. Yes. I like that little moment. Um, and it kind of just come down to, like, a group of three who are running the campaign. It's Henry, um, who we're seeing the movie through his eyes. Yeah. It's Richard, Richard uh, Bob Thornton. And then it's, um, what was her name? I know who uh, you're talking about. Daisy. Daisy. Played by Mara Tierney. Um, uh, who's just like, I think, I don't know what her exact position is. Um, I don't, she's, I think she's just like a political operator of sorts. Well, her role in this movie is kind of deduced to like the hot girl who sleeps with the campaign manager. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Unfortunately. She, does, she does, unfortunately doesn't get much to she's do. She's probably a great actress, but yeah. she's, that that's what the movie uses her for. Not really given a lot to work with in yes. this film. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, they do this debate. Um, Stan has a couple good knockouts. Yeah, he gets nailed at one point by a senator being like, Governor Stan, I don't think there's anything that you don't 
that but, you disagree with. Yeah, and he's like, what aren't what? you And he's for? like, well, people in this country are hurting. It's like, here's what I'm not for. I'm not for... Doing nothing. Doing nothing. I'm not for dissuading ideas that aren't my own. Yeah. And he just gives a great, like, political response yeah. that, like, everyone's like, har, har. And yeah. everyone, uh, and, you know, you think about it, and you're like, doesn't really answer the fucking yeah. question, you know? Exactly. He's <laughs> you know? And they're like, that is such an amazing response. And he comes out the clear winner of the debate. Yeah. But, but it's shortly after this. Where Henry's ex-girlfriend at yeah. this point, the girl he was with at the beginning, comes up and is like, Governor Stanton, is it true you were right. arrested in 1968? And he's in like, Chicago. no, never happened, never happened. And he's like, is it true that you uh, he's dodged like, I was, the draft? He's like, I was accidentally picked up once, but it was expunged. It doesn't worry me. Yeah, check your records. Check your records. And he, then He also plays that off really suave and yes. cool. It's like, oh, check your records. It's all Travolta's good. really he's... good at the politician's point in this movie. The, yeah, the, the, the ways of using his fingers and pointing at people and just brushing things away. Whenever he's like on camera or in an interview, he he never looks like he's backed up against a wall. Yes. He you know? always knows the way he's always slippery and knows the way. Out. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. um, because of that, Henry's like, Henry looks it up and is like, he was actually arrested. And the, ex and the democratic governor, or, uh, the mayor, mayor of Chicago, Chicago yeah. expunged that from his record as a thanks. Yeah. Because uh, they were connected, and, he's like, and they're like, "That's a bad look." And this is during the same mayor of Chicago, who busted the Democratic National Convention from the film, the trial of the Chicago, Chicago Seven. Seven. Yes, um, that, was, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I thought I I'd, I'd pick that up for you because yes. yeah. So I did work on that movie. You worked on that, that is, movie. That was why Stuart did. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But um, uh, right after. You know, as a result, they're like, what other dirt are they going to dig up on this? And they guy? say, we got to get ahead of this and yes. like fight back with the truth. But we can't fight back yeah. with the truth until we know the full truth. And that's when and they're in this like boardroom with Susan, yeah. um, Hillary and like uh, Richard, um, Daisy and Henry. And then there's like one other person in there. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, they they say they're going to they want they decide they need to hire someone. Someone. But the thing they have to figure out is they have to talk with Susan first. Yeah. Um, because this is going to dig up affairs shit. that have been talked about. Yeah. So they talk with her, and they're all trying to not tell her, like, we need to hire an investigator to look into if he's if either of you had affairs. Right. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton gives this very funny long monologue. Oh, where he's yeah. like, say you're in the woods. He's like, say you're in the woods. Oh, yeah, I love this scene. And you're shooting, I love it. And you're shooting some doves. And, and you, a, got the, you got the boars. The boars are coming at and you. It's like, what are the boars in this? And he's like, <laughs> all right, get three versions of this. Yeah. Do you <laughs> grab the doves? And, and he's like, your pants are down as well. And he's like, do you pull the pants up and run? Do you try and grab the doves? Leave the pants down and run? Your pecker just floating about do you remember the analogy that well jeffrey you kind of make it I, up no as it i goes. remember it okay and then he's like, that's a shocking and he's like or do you try and shoot the boars before i get at you and everyone's very confused at this like point. who are the boars in this like and he's like i, I reckon we're the fuck i reckon god damn it you but it's just it's very confusing and susan's like i have no idea what you are talking about and venture henry's just like we need to hire an investigator okay. to look into. So then they hire. Well, she says, I'll talk to Jack. She talks to Jack, and Jack's like, there's only one person you can hire. Uh, her name is Libby Holden. Played by Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. 
And it's established that they were old friends. Um, they worked together on the 1972 campaign for George McGovern for president. And then she had a mental breakdown. Yes. O- o- over a reason we'll talk about later. We will talk about later. Um, but they worked on the McGovern campaign together. Uh, and after he lost, she kind of had a breakdown. And I over, will say, Over something that was her fault. I, I, I was watching this movie with like... Uh, shamefully to say, like bringing a lot of my House of Cards experience into yeah. it, because like you know, House of Cards. Um, we don't need to talk about Kevin Spacey. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the star of the yeah, show. the star of the show. But like the movie does do a good job, of, like educating you the mm-hmm. roles each part plays. Like it talks about how Frank Underwood's the whip of the house and what yeah. that means, and talks about like you know the lobbyist role and all that stuff. And I kind of saw, um, Kathy Bates Libby's role as being like the guy Doug. I've not seen House Cards. Oh, well, th- like, Frank Underwood has, like, this guy, is like, Doug. When he becomes president, he makes him chief of staff. But mm. while he's still a whip, he's, like, still just, like, his, like, yeah, major assistant or whatever who, like, does a lot of, like, the investigative dirty, dirty work for him. Mm. Um, he's kind of a, I kind of want to know, like, what was his name? He's a good, pretty big actor. Like, not big actor, but, like. A notable actor. A notable actor. But, oh, um, fucking this Libby is actually based on real people. She's an amalgamation of two different real people who did work on this campaign. Michael Kelly, who plays Doug Stamper. Oh, Michael Kelly, okay. In, in House of Cards. So if you are familiar with House of Cards, um, Libby, in Primary Colors, played by Kathy Bates, is like the quasi-Doug Stamper yeah, in House she, of Cards. She digs up the dirt, um, yeah. kind of helps. Gets ahead of it gets ahead before of it. it knocks down. Yeah, and um, she's, she's, based on two, she's the, based on two people, uh, Betsy Wright and Vince Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince Foster was uh, like a lawyer for the campaign. Uh, Betsy Wright it's was like Trump's Giuliani, kind of. Kind of, but he he would like help Betsy get ahead of these things, and they would like kind of deal with. It. And he'd hit like you know subpoenas and whatnot to yeah. kind of prevent stuff from getting out about the Clinton campaign, uh, and that she would investigate it. Um, when we get to the end of the movie, I'll talk more about the two real people who they're based on. Okay, um, because what happens at the end of the movie with the Libby character did actually happen with one of those people yeah this guy then goes into the conspiracy thing yeah a little bit but um henry also i wanted to mention henry is based on a real person uh george stephanopoulos uh the abc reporter um was the chief of staff for the clinton campaign oh wow I on, and that's that. who the henry character is based on and they just made him black yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, i for, mean yeah for reasons i suppose uh yeah but um i mean they he, he He's not just like let's just cast a black guy, yeah. but there are like yeah they they make a point race overtones in the mm-hmm. film itself. They make a point about that probably didn't happen in real life because it was just George Stephanopoulos mm-hmm. who like pops up in ABC and is like oh, or whatever. I don't watch ABC. <laughs> <laughs> We're millennials. We don't watch the news. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't have cable. I don't have cable either. Yeah, but uh, Livy, if you have cable. You're probably one of those fucking tools who also gets White Castle, and we <laughs> cannot fucking stand White Castle on this show. Oh if God. you're a listener who, I'm bringing the White Castle bit back, Jeff. Mm. Fuck everybody who likes White Castle. Yes. Fuck everybody who likes White Castle. <laughs> and she's getting furious right now. I just like it dawned on me that there are people who eat White Castle who eat. White Castle, yeah. and I don't want to name names. I don't want to point <laughs> fingers, but like you people are the same folks who should be 
rotting in hell <laughs> and you deserve to be curb stomped and you don't deserve to have taste buds in your some, life. I'm going to get some white castle. You know, some people have chronic illnesses or they suffer diseases where they lose their sense of taste and smell. You should honestly fucking donate your taste buds to yeah. that person because you obviously have no sense of taste. Mm-hmm. So fuck you and the white castle horse you rode in on. Anyway, anyway Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. <laughs> she comes in in her first scene and it's just, Owning the movie immediately. Oh, okay. she got nominated for this, and I is am there not surprised. A, like, genuinely asking this question: Is there a movie where you where you, you watch it and then Kathy Bates comes on screen and she doesn't own it yes. right away? She comes in and she's just immediately like, "Yeah, I'm." Um, she's like wearing a cowboy hat. Oh my god! She's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking motherfucker who's gonna shut this shit down." <laughs> she's yep. like, takes no shit from anyone. She's like, "I'm gonna dig it up. I'll take care of it." Um. <laughs> uh. So the. They have her investigating things that are going to come out. And that's when we get the first affair allegation. Yes, from a 12-year hairdresser of Susan. Of Susan's, yeah. Uh, Cashmere McLeod. Cashmere. You remember the fucking I, name. I'm you looking got, at a cast yes, list. Yeah, you're I have a cast list right here. Cheater. Um, who is based on a real person. Right. Uh, Jennifer Flowers was the real um, person's name, mm-hmm. um, who was you know a long-term... Uh, member of the campaign or of the Clinton world uh, who said that he had had, she had an affair with him for 12 years. Um, they shut it down. They invalidated it during the campaign, including the tapes. And then in 1998, during Clinton's impeachment trial, he confessed that he did have an affair with her. He said the, that they only slept together once um, under oath, but he did admit to the affair, to some part of the affair. Was so, that after this movie? That was after. That was around the time of this movie. Yeah, because this you, movie play plays it like could okay. have, probably did, but we're gonna leave it off as we've disproven it to the public. That's yes. how this movie plays it off. Well, some they did basically um, invalidate the tapes element the yeah. same way they did in this movie, and they determined it was another phone call. Right. That was edited, but they still leave it off as just because we invalidated the tapes doesn't mean like shit didn't actually happen yes in the movie do do you want to know something pretty wild about this movie yeah this movie came out one month after the monica Lewinsky scandal became news which is a very wild time to see this movie did this movie do good in the box office it did not really enough it did not really yeah we'll, we'll talk about that at the end I think it might have just been a little too much Clinton too fast. I think people might. This movie kind of advertised itself. This movie kind of advertised itself as like, oh, a Bill Clinton, uh, uplifting American movie. And then you watch it, it's like, the American dream is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Clinton fatigue or something like that, maybe. Maybe. Because I hear you say that about the Monica Lewinsky thing. I'm like, Good God, that's their half their marketing is done for them already. (laughs) This movie, wild time for it to come out. Wow, that's shocking. But yeah, the first uh, affair allegation comes out, and uh, Libby's able to track it down before it happened, but she's like, there's nothing I can do to stop it from getting out. They have tapes. Right. And, and Susan immediately slaps uh, Henry uh, Jack. Jack about it. And it, it's not like she slaps him because of the affair. Yeah, she, slaps, she him slaps him for being so stupid with being his campaign. so stupid, yes. Yeah. Which is something like, that's like, I'm not going to like 
speculate into the Clintons' yeah. marriage and lives, but I totally imagine it's like that the fact that Bill Clinton has affairs is a no-brainer, but the fact that he's an idiot about it is yes. probably like, get your fucking... I mean, like, it's the same thing as like the, I do not... And the, at one point, this movie, Libby's like, three things are going to come up. Of women, marijuana, arrests. Um, and it's like the same thing as the I did not inhale story. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Um, that he's just stupid about how he handles these, less than him doing them. Right. Yeah. All more credit to Travolta's yeah. amazing performance. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Henry and Livy are sent on, like, damage control. The yeah. tapes are played on at a press conference. The, and it's during this where it segues to the donut shop scene, right? Yeah. This As that's playing, Henry's, like, watching the press conference on the news or the playing tapes, and he looks at the window. And it's this really cool shot oh, yeah. of this Krispy Kreme donuts. Beautiful shot. Like, shot of Krispy Kreme. Well, it's based on a painting. Yes, based on a painting. Uh, the Everyday or Average Man painting. Some, something like something that. Something like that. Uh, let me look up the actual name of that painting that it's based on. I think the it's Nighthawks name. by Edward Hopper. Yeah, what's like the actual painting look like? I'm... Uh, here, I'm, br- I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. Oh, it's... I can't believe I'm this silly this one <laughs> it's the one look at this you've seen this painting a million times yeah yeah i, I thought it was that painting yeah. i just wanted to be sure but good golly gosh darn is it um yeah it's at the art institute in chicago yeah shout out let's go uh after after we finish today really no not actually oh i was i was gonna go but um why are you gonna let me down like that? sorry i gotta do that to you but uh, it's like just this, you know, beautiful, very shop. green um, donut shop. Yeah, like the only thing that's lit up in this the very interior. dark area, and it's just this incredibly slow crane push in on the building. Yeah, as you know, you just see Jack sitting in there talking with the the donut, the donut, the donut guy, cashier, the cashier. Yeah, um, and Henry walks over and he's talking to him. He's like, "I'm done, man." And he's like, "But meet this guy," and you kind of get that it's a mixed emotions kind of scene of both like he's so good at you know just interacting with an individual person and playing it so you're kind of seeing like how he'll be able to pull because he's like this "This is doug yeah doug works like fucking like every day for 10 to 12 hours for 525 an hour yeah and just kind of giving this guy And and you get why people believe in this guy yeah in that moment it's like Maybe there is a genuine level of care that he has for the average American. And what's really great about the scene is this is not just like the turning point in Stan's character, but also the turning point in Burton's character. Yes. Be- and not for the better yes. either. And Henry's like, I'm going to make sure this guy wins around this point. Right. Because like we are in the midst of like, I mean, I, we know later in the movie that they debunk the tapes. Yeah. But in the film, it's like this guy's like reputations literally going down the toilet as they're talking right now. Yeah. And for all Henry knows, like it could be for good reasons. Um, but he just, hears this one quick little sob story from governor Stanton. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't give a fuck if you cheated on your wife, I want to make sure you win. And that's the big, that's, I won't say it's the beginning, but it is like a definitely turning point of where the compromise of morals. Yeah. Happens for Henry. Mm. Um, and we see that come full circle at the end of the movie. Yeah. And so he calls up Libby and is like, uh, we got to do something about this. Yeah. And so he sits with her and a, like a, 
sound editor of sorts. Yeah. It's actually him from Blowout. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. John's rolled double rolls in the show. Yeah, he's playing himself from Blowout. That would be pretty sick. But uh, he's uh, he's listening back to the recording. He's like, I recognize this. Because this is a phone call I had that they, mm-hmm. that they spliced her words into. Mm-hmm. And Libby's like, I know who fucking did it. And so they drive to this uh, this like lawyer's office. She, she comes in. breaks with, open the window. <laughs> she breaks the window. Opens the door. And I was like, I, I am, you motherfucker. Carries in a thirty-eight revolver. She points a gun at him and is like, you're going to fucking write a letter confessing that you did this right now. And he's like, don't shoot me. And he's like, I'll blow and your nuts Henry off. Burton's just standing there in the back corner, not saying a damn yeah. thing. He's, he's just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So he, she's holding a gun to his nuts as he's like scratching out this letter confessing. Yeah. Yeah. That he did this. And they get ahead of it. And then they send Tracy. Oh, I forgot. Daisy on Larry King Live. On Larry King. Uh, and they do the same thing to Larry King. Yeah. To show to the they public audience. They added a phone call with him. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we tapped your cell phone. This is, we got off and then we added someone's voiceover into it. Yeah. And he's like, how'd you get my cell phone? It's me, Larry King. Um, <laughs> That's my yeah. Larry King. Uh it was great. We all know it. But yeah, they 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 get ahead of it. Yeah, and and like it salvages the career. It salvages the uh, the campaign. The, the campaign momentarily. Yeah. They're still dealing with some holdover effects. Right. Because I think this is around, right at, shortly before they go to a, a factory. Well, isn't it the New Hampshire primary? Yeah, the New Hampshire yep. primary. And so, or is it the primary or the factory scene? I think it's the factory. The maybe? factory scene's really good. Yeah. Again. It, it goes to show how insanely good this guy is with mm. crowds of people because, yeah. and let's talk about this, like in the factory scene, like he, he makes jokes about, well, if you believe what you yeah. think about me in the papers, well, it's wait, not wait, very can good. We, can we go back for a second? Sure. Because I just looked at my notes and I wrote down a line I really want to acknowledge. Is uh, Kathy Vates saying, I do not mythologize the male genitalia. <laughs> <Or> I do <laughs> not, no, I do not mythologize the male sexual organ. Oh, and you know what? I Can, we, can I go back even further yeah. than that? So the donut shop scene and afterwards when like uh, Henry Burton uh, decides he's going to like, you know, really put in the work to bring this guy back from the dead. The scene afterwards when everyone's waking up the next morning, everybody's had sex. Yes. Like Burton, Henry and Daisy hooked up. Um, Libby and the Winona Ryder lookalike campaign assistant hooks up. Um, Yeah. yeah, there's a lesbian there's couple a in lot this movie. Of, there's a lot of sex going on great. in this movie. And also, I guess, uh, 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 Henry and Susan probably mm-hmm. had had sex that yes. before, too. It's just, it's just, I think it's just funny where it's like in the midst of like all these like sex scandal yeah. stuff and they're all like thinking they're about how to deal with it and the they're campaign. all like sleeping together in the campaign. Yeah. I just, I, lo- I love that because they have a phone, like a three-way phone conversation. Yeah. And it cuts from one couple in bed to one couple getting dressed to one couple getting dressed. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I found it pretty very uh good visual storytelling there yeah um so the factory scene yes the factory scene his his reputation's still a little mm-hmm. rocked by it even though they've you know disproven the and he's like cracking the air open on it you know and, like banking yeah. some jokes and it's and, just him speaking to an abandoned factory full of like normal americans blue collar workers uh and, he's like the and they're like and henry's just like the people who don't care about a scandal like this and so he gives them like you know the little, the, the the typical politicians pep talk. 
where he says, I'm going to be honest right yes. now. I love no, that and then, so much. And he says, he's like, I can't promise that I'm going to get you jobs. This factory is probably not going to come back, but I'm going to fight for you every day and that kind of because, thing. Because, like, uh, honestly, we need to grow in better skills. Yes. Literally, con- John Travolta in Primary Colors did the learn to code thing before learn to code actually yes. happened. He <laughs> says, what I'm going to do is make it so you can learn new skill sets so you don't have to go back to so these So I'm going to focus on education. And Henry thinks that they lost the audience because he like even says, like, we lost the audience. Yeah. He's and like, then oh, after, no, oh, you know, no. Stan finishes, the audience just erupts in applause and stands up. And just showing that, like, this guy is a true politician and he understands. He just told them that like your jobs aren't coming back. Like yeah. you have to learn new skills. He just has the charisma to convince you of whatever. Yeah. It was uh, again, yeah. another great example. Yeah. Um then it's the New Hampshire primary. Yes. And they're celebrating cuz he gets a close second to um uh, uh, Senator Harris, who is from New Hampshire. Yes, which is because it was like, of course he'd win. It's his yeah. home state. But they're like, we came in a close second. That's great for us. Which is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and they're all celebrating. Yeah. And then the, every time they get like a celebration in this movie, like something pops up. Something pops up. And what pops up? Well, he uh, uh, Henry Burton gets approached by some guy, Willie. Willie. Uh, the owner of the barbecue place they're always going to. And says that my daughter... 17 years old. 17 years is old. pregnant. Is pregnant with, and we think it's... Jack's... Jack's... Kid. Kid. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yep. And... Um, because he was a babysitter for the Stantons. Yeah. She was. Because at this point, do they go to Florida? They go to the barbecue place. Um well, I think they're in Florida for some things. Oh, no, they're not in Florida yet. They're not in Florida yet. They're not? Um, wait. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, wait. I remember what happens. I'm trying to like put the sequence of events together. So what happens before the do- the potential you know child thing Yeah. is he um, is on a talk show in Florida. Um, with Rob Reiner <laughs> playing like a, because he's told he needs to he like needs a to, radio show. Yeah, he's told he needs to play a he needs to shore up Jewish votes. So it goes on Rob like a talk show with Rob Reiner, uh, which is just very funny. Well, oh, oh, wait a second, because there's like the build up to this, and the build up to this is because all before the movie, because this goes with the central yeah. theme of like compromising your views and morales. Yeah. Um, he says in many scenes, "I'm not going to go negative." Yes, I'm not going to start talk shit about my opponents and it's at this point in time when he breaks that rule Mm. and before the radio scene he's talking to like a nursing home of old jewish folks yeah and he's using term it's like uh harris wants to take away your social security and don't even get me started on medicare harris runs a really negative ad about him right yeah he's like you know like you think what harris says about me is bad like look at what harris wants to do to you guys yeah and so he's starting to fight fire with fire yeah then there's the radio show one yes and that's when Harris calls him. Yes, and, and they have like a little, little, little debate. Little but goat. Stan successfully fends him off, and at the end, Harris is coughing, and then he just and abruptly like, hangs up. And they're like, "Yeah, Jack, you really nailed that one." And then they get the call that Harris had a heart attack, <laughs> and he's in a coma. <laughs> he's in a coma. Yeah, and they're like, "Pull all the negative ads." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I think it's the uh, the daughter thing, right? Um, um, or the the girl. 
who might ha be have his child. And rather than... Oh, Stuart, the door just opened. Are you seeing this? Oh, my God. Stuart, look who's walking in the room. Look who's walking. Stuart, just turn around. Look. Look. What? It's former President Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> yes. Bill, come on over. He's he's considering subletting Jack's room. Uh, come on. Hey, how, how are you guys? Stuart, uh, how are you? I, I don't have a response I'll, to this. I'll, I'm a big fan of your show. Bill, I'm glad you're... Because Stuart's being very rude right now and not responding to you. Uh, I'm glad you're a big fan of our show. Do you want to take a seat for a second? Uh, we're actually talking about a movie involving you. Oh, is that, is that the truth? What, what's the film called? It's called Primary Colors. Uh, I have not seen that film. You haven't seen it? I have not. Stuart, do you have any, do you have any questions for Bill uh, before I, I get into this? Stuart, you're being very disrespectful to the former president of the United States. Oh, it's all right. I'm just, I'm just here to, t to hang. Uh, hey, hi, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Stuart. Oh, see, see, one of them deaf, deaf mutes. Stuart, can I, can I, can I see your vape? Please, Stuart. Please, God. <laughs> Please, God, get me out. Help. Hey, Stuart. <laughs> can, can I see that vape? I, I promise I won't hail. Here you go, Bill. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Oh, that feels, that feels really good, you know. Oh, so what, what's this film about? What's it about? Well, it's, it's about the 92 campaign. I don't remember much about that time. I remember uh, there was me and some ladies and uh, some dank kush, as I think what they called it at the time. And uh, Hillary did a lot of talking, and I just hung around and played the saxophone. Uh, really? That's that's what you remember from the time? Uh, that's what I remember. Oh, so I guess you really don't have any insights into this movie. Oh, no, there's a thick cloud going around my time at that. Uh, I do not recall much. Uh, this is, this is disappointing, Stuart. Don't you agree? Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's very disappointing. Bill doesn't have more insights. It might just, Bill. Like, are, you, do you, are you just nervous that you don't want to talk because Stuart's just not uh, into your visit right now to our show? Uh, I have no problems with Stuart. He seems like a nice guy. I've really enjoyed his insights on the the phenomenon episode. So you have been listening actively. I have. I like John Travolta. Invited him to the White House once. He, he said no. Well, that's very disrespectful of him. Why did he say no? I think it had something to do with this film. Uh, I didn't. I think I saw the film and I thought he was great, and he just didn't want to come. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, anyway, Bill, I don't want to hold you. I know you're here to check out Jack's room. Uh, it's right down there. Just don't avoid the beer cans on the floor, and you know. Check it out and let me know if you want to move in. I think it would be real fun. Oh, th thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Stuart. Thanks for having me on the show. It was a real honor, real privilege. I'm going to go check this room out. Uh, if I'm interested, I'll email you.
Yeah, thank, thanks, thanks, Bill. Uh, pleasure. Can you believe that, Stuart? The former president of the United States just popped by our podcast. This is our we're gonna, this is our biggest get yet. <sighs> Jeff. Yeah. How long have we known each other for? Uh, three or four years at this point. Three or four years. Have I ever done anything to wrong you? <laughs> what? Have I, I have have never done no, any. Just what? Just like of any grievance. Like if I ever said something. Oh, Bill, Bill, the door's right over there. Oh my God. Fuck. Okay. Like I just. What can I do to be better? What? What can I do to be better to you? You're already perfect. Like that. That was ten minutes. That was not ten minutes. I'm pretty sure that, that was, was not ten minutes. I'm pretty sure that was like that's absolutely not ten minutes. Might have been five. Bill had a five-minute window to come in and talk. You know, he he's checking out some other apartments in the area too. I think. Uh, it, Bill, why don't you just stay in your house? Oh, Hillary, kick me out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, when it gets back to the movie, uh, where do we leave off? Before uh, Bill stopped by to check out the room. Oh, yeah, it was the, the affair thing with the, the girl. So. Hold on one yeah, second. So, so, <laughs> so, Wait, hold on. So, so hold the. Hold Henry, the phone. Henry and the lawyer. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. We. we what? Jeff. Yeah. Bill Clinton's not moving in. Well, he's he's looking at the room. I know, but he's not moving in. This is my environment. You don't know, control my sublet ability. Jeff. Yes. We already had Jack Nicholson live with us. And he's moving out next week. I gotta find. We I gotta are, find some from that room. We are not. Cost eleven high. Another celebrity. <laughs> living with us. I, he probably won't take it. You know, it's just an offer. <laughs> it's just an offer. We'll see next week. <laughs> we'll see next week if it was just an offer. Yes, 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 we will. It was just an offer. All right. So the sex scandal. Yes, the second one of the movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just give me death eyes right now. That I can't. I don't know what you expect me to do the rest of the podcast. <laughs> what do you? What do? You, just tell me. You're what just you, really starstruck. Tell me what you want me to You're do. You're really starstruck. Just tell me what you want me to do. Because I don't know what to do. Act like nothing happened. Act like you know, nothing you, happened. You know, when you see like someone famous like that, and you mean, you know, you just gotta play it off. You gotta play cool. I know you're starstruck. I know you're a fan. You just gotta move on. So, the sex handle, yes. Yeah, yeah, the sex handle. <laughs> so they send Henry and a, a lawyer named Howard, who's like been in present throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but never really has like you don't really learn what this guy does besides just being a lawyer, right? And they send them to uh to Willie's barbecue because mm-hmm. Willie just said I just want to talk to Jack about it, right? And this is kind of just showing like the the sliminess of it all that like even his own friend he's sending a lawyer and his campaign manager to deal with it, and they like slide the guy an NDA and all these documents. And they're like your daughter will have to have a blood test or not a it's a it's and he's like, that's some sort of procedure. I can't remember the name, but it's like they're gonna essentially stab her with a needle into the into her womb, draw blood from the fetus, 
and then compare it with his to see if it's actually his child. Yep. Um, and he's like, do you want to stab my daughter with a... Jack wants to... I just want to talk to Jack. And like, you're not talking to Jack. This is how it's getting handled. And then if he's the father, pay you guys off. We'll provide for the kid. We want to take care of him. And Henry is really disillusioned by this. Yeah. He just, you know, he's like, that was so slimy. I felt so bad. Like, this is a friend of Jack. And he just, the second he presented a problem in his campaign, tossed to the side like that. Feels very familiar. Feels very familiar. Yes. Yeah. How so? I mean, with real life events. Yeah. Yeah. With with the things we've heard. Yes. About it happens said, a lot. Said campaigns. Yes. You seem defeated with, right now. I really don't know how you want me to continue with this podcast. Well, we just got to do that. it normally. I. I um. That really broke me. <laughs> that really just <laughs> really broke you. I was doing all right today. You're doing all right. You know, I went out with a couple of friends last night, mm-hmm. got pretty hammered. I, I, I'm like running on four hours of sleep yeah. right now. But even then I came here and I was excited that. This is a good conversation I, so far. I, I don't kill I it. I have a good conversation with my best friend and, and in the middle of it, um, I get an this. An unexpected visitor. An unexpected visitor indeed. <laughs> shows up. And just, <laughs> I mean, he hijacked the podcast for a few minutes, but uh... yeah. So, are you just gonna leave this silent right now? No. Can we pause? Pause. Can we pause? Do you want to pause? Can we pause? Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna. We're gonna pause. We're back. We're back. So, the um, baby, the baby uh, the situation, baby, the baby yeah. situation. Yeah, we just talked about how it leaves Henry very disillusioned. You know, mm-hmm. he sees that you know they're casting this friend to aside. They're going to make his daughter go through this invasive medical procedure, and Henry is like the veil is really falling yeah. down on this one. Like he's really getting the underbelly of what it means to like yearn for power. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you fucking do it? Yeah, don't and it's. Doing anything? Just that was my girlfriend walking in the room. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so 
Uh, when does a situation happen where they have like the blood results, but they find out? Yeah, well, it pretty much we have to introduce another character first. Mm-hmm. Because in addition to this scandal that's threatening to break out, there's another scandal threatening to bust out with, or not scandal, but a problem, and that Harris passes all of his like supporters onto another candidate. Uh, uh, Fred Picker. Fred Picker. Which is a good name. <laughs> Former governor of Florida, who dropped, who had not been active in politics for several years. Yeah. But is well-liked, very straight-laced, wholesome. It's hard to find any dirt on him. Right. Um, and so he takes over that campaign, and his like approval just immediately skyrockets. Yeah. Especially as he's collecting all of Harris's old votes. Uh, so they have to kind of manage the dueling crises of Picker... And these, uh, the potential that Jack has had a, a legitimate child. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing that happens is they, they do get the blood test done. Um, they determine, oh, he's not the dad. Case closed. Except. Except. Henry, uh, this is a little later, but Henry does cross-check it. Is it Henry who cross-checks the... I uh, thought it was Libby. It's Libby. Okay. Yeah. Because Libby is sent on a mission to find dirt on Picker. Yeah. Which she's like, you know, I like this guy. Yeah, Yeah. she's supported him. Yeah, she's like, I've supported this guy in the past. Uh, I don't want this to, I don't want to ruin this guy. But she's like, I am working with the Stan campaign. I'll find him. And so she goes off on that mission. And she also hands, you know, Henry that the information that Jack might actually be the dad. Because... They, what happened was when they checked the blood results. It was Uncle Charlie's blood. It was Uncle Charlie's blood that they gave, not Jack's. And she's like, I believe that Jack is not the father still. This is one of my favorite scenes. But she's like. Because she's like, you know, you might not be the dad, uh, Jack. I don't believe you're the dad. It's like, I don't believe you're the dad. But the fact that you did this means you think you might be. Yes. Which means you definitely slept with a 17-year-old. And that is just despicable to her. Yeah. She well, does stick around to work on the picker thing, <clears throat> as disgusted as she is by this. Um, and she does find some dirt on him, that he used to have a cocaine problem. Um, and that's the biggest thing that the... Because he... the re, People ask him, why did he drop out of politics? And, like, I think it was the 70s. Yeah. And he said, well, I, you know, was hurting in my relationship with my wife and my kids and my marriage fell apart but i wanted to stay close to my kids and we all found out like no like he was just coked out of his mind yeah um and that's why he hasn't been in politics a while and that's how and they can end his career with this they're like that will shut him out of this race yeah and um libby doesn't want them to use that right yeah she doesn't and this is when she reveals why she was in a mental institution for like 10 years because she talks about how she shows some old pictures of her jack and susan back when they were young and working on the McGovern campaign in 72, just being happy and idealistic. And she's like, I had the same job on the McGovern campaign. I was the one who vetted his vice presidential candidate, Tom Eagleton. And this is a real story that happened. Yeah. Um, and then sh- days after Tom Eagleton got picked, um, it came out that he, was, that he had been in mental institutions multiple times for like episodes, which is not someone you want in, pol- in, in the president, in the White House. Right. And so they had to fire the vice president and pick a new one, um, or the vice presidential candidate. And it's considered one of the biggest things that torpedoed the McGovern campaign to let Nixon win his second term. Yeah. 
and she feels like she was personally responsible for that. And that's why she disappeared for 10 years in her own mental institution, like trying to like cope with the fact that she failed so horribly. Yeah. And why she's so thorough nowadays. Um, and so she gives them the information and she's like, you cannot use this. Henry and I have decided this cannot be used against him. This is personal problems. And he says, no, we're going to use it. We're going to publish that. We need to win. And she's like, if you publish this, I'll reveal that you are, that you're the dad, that you fake those results or not that you're the dad, but that you fake the results. Right. Um, and they're kind of at a standstill. And so she walks off with all the information. Henry chases her out and they ride home together. And she's like, you know, I spent my life idolizing these people. thinking they were the next best hope for America. Yeah. And then I learned that they're just the cheats and liars, same as everyone else. And she was very discouraged. Yeah. And um, she drops. She drops Henry off. Yep. And the next morning he wakes up to police lights. Yeah. And he goes outside and he sees her truck parked in a ditch. And she's dead. dead. She, she had shot With herself. her gun. Yes. She killed herself. Uh, and this is based on a real thing that happened. One of the uh, the two people who the character is based off of, Vince Foster, who was the lawyer during the campaign and went on to become, you know, deputy White House counsel during the administration, uh, did kill himself due to, like, just depression from the, like, the office and the things he had to cover up and, you know, quotes he gave covering things up. Yeah. So it's just a tremendously sad situation. Made even more compounded by how good Kathy Bates is in this movie. Yeah. That you really feel her loss. It feels like an impact. It feels like a hit. Yeah, like, I mean, I think you said it perfectly there that she um, really sells it in that driving scene yes. where she's just like talking about like how much I really wanted to believe in these people. Mm. And there's, they're, they're, they're not. Yeah. They're not the people we think they are or want them to be. Mm. Um, and it makes it even more interesting with Henry because after this incident, he wants out of the campaign. Yeah, he, he says he wants to quit. He, he wants out. And Jack speaks at her funeral and seems genuinely heartbroken over her. You don't know how much is crocodile tears and how much is politics, which is what's so good about Travolta's performance at this point and how Nichols has constructed this movie. Right. Is you just have no idea anymore what's real and what isn't. Right. You're like, is he actually upset? Does he not care? And that's just with anything that's going on in this moment. You're... Th- He's thinking like chess instead of life. Yeah. And um, so he's supposedly guilty about this. Yeah. So he brings um, uh, the the information to Picker himself and hands it off to him. Um, and Picker's just like, I, this cannot go public. This will ruin my life. Um, I can't. Coke was, took me years to get off of. I can't have this be brought back. I finally have my family back. And he agrees to withdraw from the race and endorse Jack as a result, just so that because he doesn't want that getting out. Right. And that's when you're like, did Jack just do this just for that outcome? Is this his ver is this his version of blackmail? That his blackmail is not blackmailing someone so that they'll feel blackmailed? I mean, I it is absolutely blackmail though. Like yeah. even though in the sense of like He's not saying, like, drop out or I will release all this stuff. It's that I will release all this stuff, and it's like, I'll drop out before you do that. Yeah. And so it's very slimy. It's very, like, multifaceted. Because on one hand of the stroke, like, if Jack's, if the Stanton campaign does release all this, 
there could be a little bit of backlash to them. Yeah. And it is almost like a chess game, chess move yeah. there. Cause like, I always wonder about this and, um, we're about to talk some, talk about something a little bit politically tricky to talk political. about. A little bit politically tricky to talk about. Well, we're talking about political movies. So now's, now's the time. The Holly, the Trump Hollywood tapes. Yes. The access Hollywood tapes. They had those yes. for a while. Those were out. Like they had those for mm. a while. And, but the strategic placement of when to put yeah. those out was very strategic. And that happens so much with scandals, especially in places like Hollywood and Washington is like, you have things in your pocket. You have things in your pocket and things that probably would have been of benefit before mm-hmm. only come out at strategic times. Right. It's not about revealing the truth to the public. Yeah. It's, it's about a, hurting your opponents. Yeah. At the right times. And, and I, and I, the reason why I go back to the Trump Hollywood access Hollywood tape is for that. That's like one of the biggest things. Cause yeah. when was that? That was in like, it was shortly before the second debate, October of 2016. When the recordings happened. Yeah, when, when, they they were, were when the recordings were released. But the when tapes were, the rec- were like from 2006 or something. That's why, yeah, that's my point. For how long ago those tapes were recorded yeah. and how long people probably had those for. Yeah. I'm not saying they had them since 2006. They probably maybe not even had them ex- until like maybe a couple months before October. Yeah. But they had them. Someone had them. Someone had them. And someone decided not to release it right away. Until right before the election and before the, in hopes it would help. Yeah. Obviously it didn't. (laughs) It didn't. But it just, it does go to, and that's part of the thing that I guess it's a little Mm. tricky to talk about now. But I feel like today, and it's not, it's not a black and white change. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do feel like watching this movie and watching a lot of other political dramas and stuff and, is. And this kind of movie is my. I want to just say this. This movie kind of movie is like my, my bread and butter. I love politics. Like, yeah. I, I could watch C-SPAN and not be bored for a day. So my only point was like, I feel like me personally. Yeah. I'm getting tired of the whole. I'm gonna reveal shit on you to tarnish you. Yes. And it almost has a reverse effect. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened with Trump in some way, mm. because it's also kind of what happened. So full stop, I'm going to reveal something here. Yeah. I voted for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I'm a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. Yes. I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't, I don't think you have to apologize on this podcast, which has a liberal lean to it. Well, <laughs> I come from a Republican red state. Yeah. A lot of my family members call me the black sheep, Larola family. Yeah. Again, I'm willing to say all this on air. Like, it's yeah. totally fine. Um, but one of the things I loved about Bernie Sanders was how much the democratic convention was trying to tear this man down. Mm. Cause it told me one key thing is that he said he was anti-establishment and he fucking meant it. Mm. He meant it. And you knew that because the establishment was against him. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening in politics today. Yeah. At least I hope and wish and dream because for me personally when i, mean, I the, the dawn of the internet is such a change in terms of how politics is done yeah because it's so much easier for things to spread now yeah whatever it is and it, it's like whenever i see an opponent get attacked so much by a certain like group or a party or affiliation or candidate it makes me think like 
you really don't want this person to win for like some reason. Yeah. And that reason could be right. Yes. I mean, for Trump, it was absolutely right. Release all the dirt you have on him. Mm. Release it strategically. I don't give a fuck. But there are there's so- a there's a lack of common good being considered in this stuff and releasing it for the public to know and more for your own benefit. And I think I would hope I wish and dream that we're getting to a point where we're realizing that mm-hmm. and we're getting tired of it. I mean, movies like this were trying to sound the alarm back in the 90s on it. Yeah, which might be more hopeless then that yeah. we've been saying this for a while. Yeah. And nothing's really changed. But I really do think with the Internet age, the social media age and our generation like our generation doesn't watch the news. Mm-hmm. We're not watching ABC, CNN, like I, Fox News or anything. We yeah. might we might read a New York Times article on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. And that's about all the news we're going to get. We get the short snippets and we move on with our day. And like we get news from so many different sources. And so many different sources of different variations and kinds that it's hard to know what is the objective yeah. truth anymore. And so I think honestly like we are kind of coming up to the point where it's make your own mind for the things that matter to you for some people that net is large for some people that net is small Mm. and i think when it comes to politics something that a good chunk of the country cares about yeah um our perception how we receive that is changing yeah and with that different perception how we receive information in that realm that this tactical style of tarnishing hopefully gets old. Mm. Rant over. Yeah, but. and and I think the end of this movie actually does speak to your hopes a little bit, and perhaps the opposite, the opposite way. Because uh, Henry speaks to Jack after he talks with Picker, and uh, is like, "I'm quitting. This is so slimy at this point. Like yeah. the political process just isn't for me. I want to go do something that actually matters." Mm-hmm. And Jack, you know, grabs Henry. He's like, hey, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, He's like, you know, whatever you say, this is how you make change. This is how you make things happen. He's like, this is the process, like it or not. We can make history in this campaign. We can make history in this presidency. But I need you, and you're going to need me. And he's just kind of selling him on, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. And Henry looks very confused. He doesn't know what to do. Cut to... Fade out. Fade out to the inaugural ball. Uh, Jack has won the presidency. And he's dancing around with... uh, Susan. With Susan at the inaugural ball. And then he goes over and shakes the hands of all of his staff. And we go down the line. We see all the the fun characters we've met throughout the movie. We see Daisy. Yeah. Um, And then at the end, he grabs someone's hands and he shakes them. And it pans up. And it's Henry showing that he's stuck around... Yeah. And got Jack to the victory, but at what cost to himself and to his ideals? Because, How much did he compromise? And to it's, get here? and it, the, the movie is pointing more to, towards the changing character of Henry. Yes. Not Jack. Jack never changed. Jack never changed. Henry got corrupted by him. Yeah. It's Hen- all about. Henry agreed to compromise his morals and his yeah. beliefs. When we pan up and see Henry, it's a different person. Yes. And then it pans up from Henry to an American flag. And I read a review on Letterboxd from someone I follow who just said, this movie ends with the American flag and somehow it's frowning. Mm. Like, That's how good Mike Nichols was as a director. That you can, the American flag looks like it's frowning. Wow. And That's good. 
Yeah, it's really good, right? That's really good. And it ends with the flag, and then you know the credits like do 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 or whatever the the tune they play over there. I think it might have been "You Are My Sunshine" because Jack sings that a lot in this movie. Yeah, and that's the movie. That's Primary Colors. Really good movie. Really good movie. I liked it. Yes, I really enjoyed this. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. I would go eight out of ten as well. Really good. I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again with like. I would. I'd watch this with my parents. Yeah, this this would be the kind of movie I would, I would watch. It. This is the kind of movie I'd watch anytime. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the, yeah, the aftermath. The, the aftermath of this movie. Um, so this movie um, comes out, uh, gets pretty good reviews, 81% Rotten Tomatoes. Um, uh, it generates some controversy due to it coming out during the Lewinsky scandals. So I think we were good to go back to that. I, I said before it was like Clinton fatigue, but actually I think now it's more like just like scandal fatigue. Yeah. That it's more like, oh I, my I God. I think this movie like, got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. It's like, and we're that, all like ready. Oh, everyone's watching the Lewinsky news. Yeah. No one's aware of this movie about old discretions coming out. They're well, like, oh, that movie where Travolta is playing Bill Clinton. I can watch real, I can watch like real. hot Bill Clinton news on TV right now. Right. And also it's kind of like for the other side of the coin, which is. Uh, enough about this Bill Clinton scandal shit. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of where I sort of lean more yeah. towards, where it's like... Because, you... like, th- this movie has the tough sell of uh, alienating a Republican audience, because it looks like it's about Bill Clinton, like, they don't want to see that. Right. But also alienating a liberal audience, <laughs> because it's a negative portrayal of Bill Clinton. Right. Uh, which makes it a hard sell. Well, and that's why I said from the very get-go, this is a risky pitch. Yes. It's a very risky pitch. And unfortunately, Box Office Wide did not pay out. Mm. Uh, this movie cost $65 million, only took in $52. Mm, so it's it, not a horrible mil- flop. So $13 million lost, not accounting for, like, advertising and whatnot. Yeah. So... A flop, but like it, it's fine. It didn't hurt anyone's career. Yeah, it's just kind of you know, we're starting to see the shakes in Travolta's career at this point. We're starting to maybe see like where his limits lie of like drawing audiences. That's sad if that's this movie. I don't think I don't think this movie does anything poorly for him. I think we're just starting to see like. Travolta can bring an audience if he's in the right movie. He's not someone who brings the audience no matter what movie. Hmm. And this is what's going to start hurting him. Okay. Okay. I buy that. We a see that more. something like Face Off, Broken you know. Arrow, people will be like, oh, Travolta's in that movie. I got to see that. Right. You know? Yeah. But he's not, he's not drawing the crowds and like, oh, Travolta's in that new drama, Mad City or Primary Colors. Right. That's not what people are. People aren't looking at that, seeing the name John Travolta, and then being drawn to it. Yeah. Because there's a whole other fathom of things they got to get behind as well. It's the Robert Downey Jr. thing. We're like, highest paid movie star of all time. People only saw him as Iron Man. Mm -hmm. After Iron Man. And Tropic Thunder. But look at his box office results during his time with the Marvel movies. He was pretty much only in He did like three other movies during that time. Yeah. They were all flops. Really? Yes. Doolittle, disaster. Yeah. The Judge did not make money. Iron Man 3, like $1.2 billion. The Avengers movies, 2.5. 
Well, this kind of goes back. And he, he consistently made like double what the other Marvel universe would make. People loved Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. As Iron Man. As Iron Man. Just people love John Travolta yeah. in certain roles. Well, in, in that kind of movie. In certain roles, that's still there's still a shift that hasn't occurred quite a, yet. A Travolta, yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but a, we're seeing like... The death of the movie star. Yeah, we're seeing at this point where his limits are. We're seeing John Travolta does not make every, anything a Travolta movie. His hits are the Travolta movies, though, if that makes sense. Oh. Like, if you put him in primary colors, it's not oh, a Travolta movie. I it's gotta see Travolta. that. Right, right. But something like Face Off, it's like, oh, it's a Travolta movie. Gotta see that. Right. Or like phenomenon, yeah. or like uh, he's he's not a star who brings it no matter who brings the audiences in no matter what. There's he's he, has, he fits into a niche, and we're starting to see the limits of the niche. And to go back to the broader scope, um, would you say we're getting closer to the era of the death of the movie star? Yes, I mean I think the movie star does not die until 2010s. Oh, really? Uh, because I would contend Johnny Depp is maybe one of the biggest movies, has one of the biggest movie star runs of all time mm-hmm. in the 2000s, and that everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Until it doesn't. And I, and I think the end of like the Johnny Depp era is kind of where... We kind of cap. And it happens right around the time the first Marvel movie comes out. Because hmm. Johnny Depp has that run where it's like, Three Pirates movies, huge successes. Finding Neverland, Trying the Chocolate Sweeney Todd, Corpse Bride. Um, there's other movies in there, but I'm just blanking on the names. Right. But he just has like this miracle run of like people want to see Johnny Depp movies. Well, like Tom Cruise. You think yeah. he's still like in that zone or like Tom Cruise? Look at his box office results. But it's only Mission Impossible. It's Mission Impossible. It's Top Guns. Is like. Stuff like Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, just doesn't make that much money. St- he's still a movie star, but like his appeal is very only niche. in niches. Wow! And so I think that this is a very interesting. Discussion. Whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger could be in Terminator Two or Kindergarten. Yes, like Kindergarten. Cop. Yeah, and both can make a lot of good yes. money. Tom Cruise could make anything in the nineties. Jerry Maguire was a four quadrant hit and made like an insane amount of money for a movie. He's a sports agent. Yeah, it's such an interesting shift yeah. that I can't wait when we get to that. Yeah. Um, even though Travolta's fall is earlier than that point, unfortunately. Yes. We are, we're three movies away from the movie that starts the shift. Right. Yeah, we are, um, aren't we? And then it is not the shift moment. I'd say the shift moment happens later in the 2000s, but it starts it. It's not like he does Battlefield Earth and then just immediately is like, all right, career over. Uh, he do, he does flop around for a little bit more before he falls in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, what a, what a picture! Yes. Oh man. Well, until we get to that point, I am glad that we can enjoy the yes. good times that we're yes. still in right now. And really enjoy this movie. It comes out um, also two Oscar noms, as we said. Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates. Elaine May's screenplay. Um, she's just an amazing writer. Um, Travolta gets nominated for the Golden Globe for this movie. As does Kathy Bates get nominated for the Golden Globe, which is awesome. Um, also gets nominated for Writers Guild, uh, Screenplay, Screen Actors Guild for Kathy Bates. It does very well in terms of its level at the awards circuit. Yeah. It's not going to nominate for all the big shots, but it does very well for a movie that did not make that much money and came out in March. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, which is a test. Tes- it's a, a testament, testament to this movie and yeah. Mike Nichols' skill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, overall, very well. I will say, like, I, I kind of droned a little bit towards the end of the second act, mm. getting into the third. Yeah, like the second act kind of dragged on a little bit. You could could have cut some meat off of it. Yeah, cut some fat off. I, of I say particularly the second half of the second yeah. act, that partial moment before we get to the this third movie act, fits like, into the into the two hour 20 minute movie that i just get so annoyed by because mm-hmm. i don't i think movies should be sub two hours or like over three <laughs> it's like the two to three hour range where things get a little dicey right and that's not a, there's a lot of movies i love that are within that range so i don't want to like discredit them i just think like there's that period right in the middle where like you have enough time to tell the full story plus a little bit extra, mm-hmm. um, but not enough to tell all of that extra. Or you should just not tell that extra. Fascinating take. Yes. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, like, for me, I would say 80% of my sweet spot's the 90-minute mark. Yes. If I'm being honest. Like, 90 minutes is the perfect, like, you're telling the story, you get in, you get out length. Yeah. I think like a two-hour movie, like it's perfect. You can tell a story. You can tell a little bit of some other stuff. You got some time to you drone got, a little bit. You got some time to play around and like explore the characters. You know, more. to that point, I was watching Jaws before I came here. Yeah, and there's a lot of little moments where they're a just like, we're movie. just gonna we're just gonna take our time here. Yeah, perfect example. Um, Brody uh, and his son. Brody and his son. Why do we need that scene? What a great, what a perfect movie. Let's do the Roy Schneider cast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just just so we can talk about Jaws. Um. But yeah, there are movies like that where they, you know, the two-hour length. Joss mm. is like, where is it? Joss is around two length. hours. Uh, but it has moments where, like, you kind of get sucked into those moments that aren't particularly well needed. Like, yeah. you could imagine somebody be like, "Why are we doing? Why, but they're what's perfect for the characters, and yeah. they're perfect for the moment." Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. E.T. is full of that. Yes. E.T. is full of those moments, mm-hmm. which is why I, well, I'm going to back me up before I say anything. That's um incorrect but how long is et probably like two hours i think it's over two hours isn't it what if it turned out was like a three-hour movie oh it's not even it's an hour and 55 yep i would say a perfect length for a movie yeah uh, for me i my sweet my sweet spot's that hour and a half moment Mm -hmm. um like i even thought some of the avengers movies kind of could have shaved off a little bit every marvel movie could lose 20 minutes or not every but almost every Mm, 2015 yeah yeah like you know um, like, you know, your Age of Ultron. Iron Man 3 is the only movie that could have benefited by being a little longer. Iron Man 3 is a perfect movie. I'll hear no slander against it. How long is Iron Man 3? It's probably like two hours, 10 minutes. <laughs> Something about that. Uh, Iron no, Iron Man 3, two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. Holy I, fuck. I called it. Uh, I could have watched a two and a half hour Iron Man 3. Full stop. Yeah. I really could have. I, I, I could have. Because yeah. I, mean, I just love that movie. Yeah. But, um... You know, Roger Ebert used to say, no movie, no good movie is too long, no bad movie is too short. Um, and while as much as I do believe, like, in what I'm saying, at the end of the day, it all just depends on how the director puts the movie together. Yeah, like, we, we've talked many times where, like, there have been an hour and a half movies that feel long. Yes, and three-hour movies that feel short. Right. Yeah. This is a, um, how long was his primary colors again? Two hours, twenty minutes. I felt. The, I felt. The tw- you you the feel. 20 you minutes. feel the twenty. I feel the twenty. Later. Yeah. 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 I felt the twenty. Yeah. Um. 
but either way, it's something I would watch again. Yes. I would definitely watch this again. Yeah. Um, I'd watch it with probably my Republican family. <laughs> um, they'd probably cheer it on because it's tarnishing Bill Clinton, but I'd also make the point of like, well, he still wins at the end of the movie. But, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, after this, um, Travolta goes on to a few more uh, movies, including what we're going to talk about next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Well, Stuart, we're going to welcome the audience. Where are we going to welcome them to? Well, I, we're, we're in an industry here where we predominantly talk about films that are made by a specific system. Yes. The Hollywood system. The Hollywood system. And folks, next week, prepare yourselves. Because you're going to be welcome to, to Hollywood. Hollywood. That is correct. What um, what a treat. Yes. Um, what a treat that's going to be. We are going off of the AFI release date for Welcome to Hollywood, which is 1998. Uh, wide release is 2000. We're going off the AFI release. Uh, so next week, you folks will be Welcome to Hollywood, uh, joined by guest star Dave Manzalillo, an episode we definitely did not record two months ago. Well, an episode that definitely uh, has John Travolta prominently in it. Yes, an episode where we talk a lot about John Travolta because he's in that movie a lot. A lot. Yes. So many. An episode where we are not scrounging for things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. We we are going to talk about so many things. Yes. Right? We were we welcomed people to Hollywood, and I remember so much. About, well, we haven't recorded it yet. We haven't so. recorded it yet, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't remember. It's that I'm pretty positive we're going to talk about a good amount of things. Yes. Many of them will be Travolta. Yes. And you folks have that to look forward to next week. Yeah. Uh, let me. I'm scrambling to get my notes off. Oh, my gosh. Scrambling. Are you looking for the outro? Because I probably have it memorized oh, by it, now. I got, it, I got it. I do have it memorized, but you know, just gotta gotta be careful. Right. Gotta make sure I get it all. I've been my I've been like, uh, unisoning, yeah. going along with you on the outro. And honestly, as I've been mixing and editing the episodes, I feel it's a little bit more distracting. So I'm just gonna let you take it. Sure. I'll let you take the all outro. Right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for our episode on Welcome to Hollywood. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Find us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram for updates or fun stuff. If you tweet at us or uh, at us on Instagram, I will mail you a sticker. Uh, we have stickers. We have stickers now. Uh, but if you request one, I will mail a single sticker to you at my own expense. I got one on my uh, audio box. They're, yes. they're good stickers. They're really well um, made. You can email any comments or questions to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. You can find Jeff at Jeff W. Sweeney on Twitter. Find Stuart at StuartElmore95 on Instagram. Yep. And special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for our theme music that is now taking you out. Uh, enjoy them primary colors, folks. Enjoy them primary colors. Bye. Bye.